Hey beauty, I'm so excited for the guest today. She has become a dear, treasured friend of mine, Kimberly Kay. Kimberly Kay and her family are musical, imaginative, outdoorsy, imperfect lovers of wonder, friendship, and the creator who made them. She and her husband have six adult children, when you count the married-in ones and seven grandchildren. She released her first novel, a dystopian youth novel, on December 1st of this year. It's called Samurai and Jewel, The Forbidden Friendship. Before we get into the show, I just wanted to say that I have a free gift for you. It's called Hope for Your Health for Simple Biblical holistic steps for restoration from chronic symptoms. If you are interested in this free guide, go to herholistichealing.com freebie. I will leave a link in the show notes. With all that being said, let's get into the show. Welcome to Her Holistic Healing. Do you want more energy and less anxiety so that you can do all the things? Are you searching for meal ideas, essential oils, and other holistic treatments? Do you wish you could know which direction to take with your health so that you could finally feel better? Hey, I'm Alexandra. I love Jesus. I'm a wife, mom of three, and registered nurse with years of experience in clinical research. I also wanted more energy so that I could have more fun and keep up with my growing child. I too was confused about all the different diet and treatment options. I too wanted to wake up every day and feel good, but I felt anxious because I couldn't solve the mystery of my health. Until God showed me that He is the source of true healing. In this podcast, you will learn holistic treatments and Bible truths that will lead you to the peace, joy, and freedom that you have been hoping for. So what do you say we take a break from the mind-numbing, humdrum busyness? Let's rest and let God be our healer and helper. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I grew up as the only child of two working parents who lived in a big city. Um, And I've always loved trees. Even as a child, I had like a soaring imagination. Um, but our house was kind of a quiet house. I, even as a child, had a lot of trouble um, with my health. I didn't feel well a lot. I had a lot of tiredness, and I was real susceptible to heat. I had bronchitis attacks at least once every winter. Um, I had a lot of pain in my feet and my legs. Um, as I got into my teen years, I had always been a pretty good kid. My mom, uh, we went to church together but we really didn't practice anything at home other than just kind of the idea of be good um in my teen years i started questioning a lot my parents weren't getting along real well and i was uh, starting to feel kind of hard-hearted about my relationship with my dad and those became really lonely years for me so um when i was 18 i moved pretty far away and was living a very ungodly lifestyle but when I turned 20, um, I, I finally, I had always believed in God, but I finally just said, God, I see that I desperately need you. And life just changed dramatically for me, where I felt like um, everything seemed brighter and more possible. And even the hard things seemed like they had purpose. But at that point, I also 
began to have some pretty severe attacks on my emotions. Nobody talked about it then, so I didn't really know what that was. I just thought that there was something really wrong with me. Um, eventually, you know, and of course I kept that kind of hidden. I was a very, very private person. I didn't talk to people about that. Uh, when I, a couple years later, got married, started having children, and as a young mama, my health issues resurfaced, uh, both just from having some trouble with pregnancies and also I think some of the emotional dysfunctions that I had and inability to um, know how to relate with my husband. So I started having more trouble with my health. So you mentioned that there was a point where you felt like you needed God in your life. Was that was did something specific happen, or is that something you want to share, or was it just like a gradual him drawing him closer to yourself, to himself? No, I I don't mind sharing. It was actually it was it was a little bit abrupt in the sense that um, so I was living in Denver, Colorado, and I was living in a household where the young woman's father had bought the house for her. I didn't really know her. I had just decided to live in Denver for a summer to be close to my best friend. And um, there were a lot of really bad things happening in the household. Uh, so extreme that a couple of times I thought that um, different people were going to die. There were different men in the house every night. And I was just like, I don't want to live this kind of a lifestyle. But... Um, because I myself was doing some drugs, I um, I wasn't able to sleep at night, but I never put the two together. I just knew that I was lonely and I was miserable and I didn't want to live that kind of life. So one night I just finally said, um, God, there's no reason you should still care about me. But if you do, would you just please help me to sleep? And I went to sleep right away. So that was when I started searching for him. I found a Bible in a box which I had no idea why I had brought that with me. It was from a youth group in high school. And something was underlined, and that seemed to be like an omen to me that God really had something for me. So it was about two months later that I went to a little conference back at college with a college friend. And the Lord just, um, the man said, either you're on the throne of your heart or God's on the throne of your heart. And if you're on the throne of your heart, um, your life will never be what it's meant to be because only God really knows what your story is meant to be. And I just dropped her off and in the privacy of my own car said, okay, God, I want you to be my king. I want you to be the boss. I don't want to be in charge anymore. And then after that, you know, it was more of a process. I was had already started reading my Bible again, but um, it was also pretty drastic, just a very... Um, that night was very unemotional, but after that, uh, the Lord's nearness was exceptional and beautiful and just almost overwhelming sometimes. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it, you know, it reminds me of the book that you wrote. I had the privilege of, um, I want to tell our listeners that I had the privilege of reading your book and I, I love it so much. So let's talk about your book a little bit. What made you decide to write a book? Well, um, uh, you know, ever since I would, had children, I loved, I loved books before that, but in a different way with my children. We read a lot. One of my favorite things is um, being on a couch bunched up with a bunch of our children and reading, whether it's a picture book or a novel when they got older. 
So when um, my first granddaughter was eight, I, I just wanted to, uh, she had said to me, um, guess what? Pretty soon I'm going to be able to read a novel. And I had been in the library lately and seen a lot of the books that were there. And it was kind of scary. And I, so I thought about the Christian books I knew. And even a lot of the Christian books I knew were either kind of just like factual bi- biography sort of things. Um, or they were like courageous things where characters had a challenge. And they came through that challenge and they grew and they changed. And you knew God was kind of part of it. But there wasn't really any specific interaction, you know, just that face-to-face, heart-to-heart contact with God. So I asked God to help me start praying. I'm a little bit of a firecracker prayer. Um, I can really pray for something for a little while, and then I kind of forget. And so I knew he would have to help me pray for authors. So I started praying for Christian authors, that they would begin bringing forth stuff that really helped young people to understand a closer relationship with God. And then it would be both practical, but it would also have that very poetical, beautiful, amazing aspect to it. So about two months into praying for authors, I was brushing my teeth and praying for authors one morning, and I saw this little, kind of like a video clip in my mind's eye of this um, boy finding this girl, discovering this girl when they were fairly young, and um, the expression on her face and what that was like. And I was like, oh, that is really beautiful. I didn't think much of it. And then a couple days later, I got another one of those pictures in my mind. Only this time, I knew it was the same two characters, but they were older. And they were discovering something that was going to change their life. And, you know, after that, I got another one, but I don't remember what it was. And that was when I said, oh, my, is this a book? And so I said, I kind of was like, Jesus, I don't, I don't think I could write a book. I'm not, I'm, I don't know enough. I don't know how, but I'll try. And so I just started a really, really long journey. That's been um, six and a half years ago, actually, when I first started writing the book. Oh, I didn't know it was six and a half years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a while. The first copy was... Um, much to be desired. Good storyline, but everything else was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, as I've already said, I, I love the book. Can you tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about what it's all about, the characters and the storyline and things like that? Um, well, as I've said before, it's a dystopian youth novel, but um, I tend to think of it as a cozy dystopian for the fact that um, they are in a culture where restrictions have been just taken to the limit. They're very isolated. So many things are forbidden. Certain words are forbidden. Um, Relationships are bidden outside of their working job or the places where they live in their little family unit. Um, There's just so much that's forbidden. They're not allowed to go into the woods. They're not allowed to have flowers. They're taught that creatures are scary and you should be afraid of going to the woods. So into this, this, um, this boy and this girl happen upon one another and develop a friendship. And the book is their journey through growing up into navigating, having to hide their relationship, and then having to deal with all of the woes of um, growing up because 
He is excellent at everything he does. Uh, the children start working when they're 10. And she is in trouble for almost everything. She just can't be who the township wants her to be. So it follows them through the ups and downs and the finally the breakthroughs, uh, both that help them to start seeing each other and the breakthroughs into an unseen presence that just really changes their life, which we all know is our creator and is our God. Yes, and as I've said before, I think, I don't know if it was in your book description or if it was actually in the book, but I, my favorite part of the book is when you talk about the nearness of God. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? I know that you said a little bit, you talked about how you experienced that in your own life. Can you maybe talk about a little bit more about that in your own life or just what you wrote about in the book? Well, I think because, and that's why it's so dear to me, is because the nearness of God has been a huge thing to me all my life since when I was 20 and came to the Lord. I have had spells where because of busyness or because of lies of the enemy, <clears throat> I wasn't as close to God and I felt very discouraged about that. But for the most part, um, you know, in the very beginning, there was that sense, that presence. Uh, a lot of times I would stay up a lot of the night just thanking the Lord that he was, that he loved me because I didn't feel like he should anymore, but he did. And then he started giving me just a lot of spontaneous songs. So everywhere I went, uh, these songs would just come to mind. I would just sing these songs as I walked up the mountain to college and things like that. And then, of course, the Word of God was very important to me. We can see God's creativeness and His imagination, um, the stories that He tells, the things that He highlights, the Psalms, um, Jesus' parables, all show us a God who wants us to see with our imagination, wants us to be able to imagine um, the lilies of the field, the lost coin, um, there's so many stories like that. So that was my heart for a book for um, young people, something that they could relate to, but that brought that so alive. So um, a lot of the scenes in the book are scenes that the Lord actually either put in my mind or kind of nudged me towards. And they are scenes of nearness where um, Samurai and Jewel, though they're so opposite in their nature and their personality, uh, how they begin to hear his voice, how they begin to realize that this actually is a being who's there, who's helping them. And then, um, oh, I can't, there's a big, I can't give away this, um, <laughs> this one part of the book because it's so huge, but they find some things that help them to know him better. And it just shows the way that gradually they get closer to him and how they share that closeness. And it's a beautiful thing because um, once they're in their teens, they're very close, but they keep it a very lively, very pure relationship that is just delighted with how they're growing in the Lord until finally she has a major meltdown and um, she has felt like that this unseen presence always comes more to samurai than to her but in her um, dark 
darkest moment, he also comes to her. And it's just beautiful to watch how her character grows as she knows she can rely on him nudging her, not so much hearing his voice, but just being nudged with what she's supposed to do. If there are listeners out there who would say, you know what, that's that's great for people like you and for the characters that you wrote, but I don't I don't feel the nearness of God. I don't I don't feel like I've ever felt that or I do maybe just every now and then, but I, I've never really experienced that before. What would you say to those people? Well, I would say that I, I have felt your pain because I have gone through those times. Um, I actually had a season where I felt like I was just going to have a breakdown because um, my husband was in a pastoral position and I felt like I should be the one who was hearing hearing the voice of God and I got to the place where I couldn't. I put a lot of pressure on myself and I think that's the first thing I would say to check is um, how, you know, what pressures do you feel? What kind of a Christian culture are you in when you read the Word of God? If you're reading the Word of God, how does it sound to you? A lot of times things that have pressured us in our past, either as children growing up, um, even be good. Oh, you have to be good. Be careful. Be good. Don't do that. Oh, what will other people think? Um, you can begin to read God's word with that in mind and can begin to feel this pressure of like, I can't hear him because I don't deserve to hear him. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not trying hard enough. I'm not doing the right things. That is one thing that can affect you. And I really, um, encourage you to think about the cross. I really encourage you to go to Romans 5.17 where it talks about that Adam's sin brought death into the world, but that the people who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And it is because of Jesus's death on the cross. At that moment, he gave us his righteousness, and he took all of our sins on him. And the enemy's big lie to us is to come right behind that and say, oh yeah, but um, James 1, I think it's verses 2 through 5, is another great passage to go back to where it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God who gives generously and without reproach, and it will be given to you. Um, it also it translates without fault. Um, I think when we go to God to ask him a question or to try to get close, um, both our flesh and the enemy like to start down the list of, oh, yeah, right, right, you really want to be serious with God. Remember last week when you did this? Or remember when God nudged you to do this and you didn't do this? And our sense of unworthiness is so great that it makes it hard for us to believe that God would speak to us, even if sub, even if it's subconsciously, we kind of have to ask the Lord, Lord, what am I, um, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Um, Colossians one verses nineteen through twenty one is another great one where he just says that because of the death of Christ and His body being given for us, God sees us in Christ. That's why it says we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And if you can begin to, if you can't hear God, then just begin to say, Lord, I'm listening. Um, 
I thank you that I am the righteousness of your righteousness in Christ because I believe Jesus and because I love Jesus. And I know that your word says in John 16 that if I love Jesus, then you love me. And to just start building yourself up. You may not at first. I find that I was when I was at that place that when I said those things, everything inside of me rebelled like, oh, that can't be true. You can't really, um, that's not who you are. You don't even believe it. But I just kept saying, Lord, I know this is true. And even though I don't feel it yet, I believe it's true. Please help me. And gradually, gradually you start believing those things and gradually you start hearing more. The one other thing, well, two other things, um, is it does, it does help to take some time. And just sit with the Lord. Um, I think of our friendships and our marriages. You know, if you never take time to be with a friend, there's just not much communication between you. And sometimes if you stop talking to a friend, then sometimes they withdraw a little bit because they think that you don't want to talk to them. So try to find, even if it's just three to five minutes throughout the day, Uh, When my kids were little, I didn't try to have a big time in the morning. I tried to spread it through the day and like, oh, I have three minutes before um, I have to go feed the baby. I'm done with my laundry. God, I just turn my heart to you. Is there anything you want to tell me? Is there anything you want to give me? And, and, And bring back verses that you know and speak to the Lord in verses. And the last thing I encourage you to do is um, in hearing God is try to connect with God in the things that you love. Uh, Do you love to bake? Do you love to walk outside? Do you love to read? Do you love to dance, to sing? Um, Do you love to just stand and stare out your window sometimes? Connect with God in that and just say, God, thank you. Um, I just invite you to be part of this thing that I love. Uh, Be part of my scrapbooking. Be part of my walking. Just invite him into what you love and and let yourself begin to believe that you love that because he's given that to you to connect with him. And that also eventually really brings your heart alive. And I do have a website and, uh, oh, Alexandra will give you that information a little bit, but um, I, I would love for anybody who's really struggling to reach out to shoot me an email or contact me on Instagram Wow, I just love everything that you said. I feel like this is one of the episodes where I'm going to go back to it whenever I need encouragement. <laughs> I just love oh, everything yay. that you said. And it's it's so true that um, in the Bible, God, he calls us that we're his friends. And then when we think about it that way, we we tend to forget that, you know, God has feelings too. You know, he gets jealous, right. he gets sad, you know, he gets angry and Um, you know, I'm not saying this to be condemning, you know, towards us if we do something wrong, but I mean, if we don't spend time with our friend or husband or, you know, our sister or brother, whoever, we're not going to be as close with them. So it's, it's the same thing with God, right? Right, right. And some of that is special set aside times. And some of that is just including him all day long in little things like, Thank you, God. Or God, I feel like I just, I feel a mess right now, but you're with me. Help me to get on to the next thing. 
yeah, all of those things just bringing him in. So when we were talking about this interview, you brought up a very interesting topic to me. You wanted to discuss the connection of imagination and our health. Can you tell us about that? Oh, that's right. Um, Yes. Of course, I I mentioned that as a child. I mean, I always was doing make-believe by myself since I was an only child. Um, And I'm an Enneagram 4, so I tend to think in story anyway. And now as an author, I just realized that all of our lives are story. Um, You have a story. I have a story. Our children have stories. But I want to show you kind of how stories get sidetracked sometimes. So as a young mom, I, I came into my Christianity with a lot of, a lot of untrue presuppositions, a lot of be carefuls and, and watch out because if you're not good enough and if you don't do this. And I really, I wanted to give God so much because he had saved me from a lot of sadness and bitterness and from killing myself by doing all the wrong things and not I don't mean like suicide killing myself but from just living a lifestyle that was very harmful and so I wanted so much to be devoted to him but the enemy was always there poking at me and I easily believed his lies rather than believing what the word said and tried to feel like I had to prove myself So as a mom, like I said, my health kind of started going down. I had difficult pregnancies and difficult deliveries. And um, I was very tired. I had always had a tendency towards tiredness. I began not taking good enough care of myself because I was trying so hard to keep up on my family. And I think deep inside, I didn't really feel like I deserved to be taken care of. I felt like it was my It was my calling to just make sure everybody else was taken care of. So my relationship with with God was important. My relationship with my husband and my children was important. My relationship with my church and my neighbors was important, but that it was selfish to take care of myself. I eventually um, landed myself at a place where I had lost all of my appetite, and I wasn't eating, and I was losing a lot of weight, and I was having some heart problems. Um, each of those had a different. Each of those had a different solution, and my husband realized they were serious. And we both worked. He was an absolute gem with helping with the kids more often when he was home and, and not working. But I also had to make myself believe that I needed to rest and to take care of myself. It wasn't until years later, um, there's a a lot of ups and downs, both with um, my physical health and with um, emotional health, that would take too long to go into. But the last couple of years, I've realized that a lot of those things contributed to my health. Um, When I would start to feel poorly, when I would start to feel pressured, if if my husband or my children were going through something that intimidated me because I didn't know how to deal with it, then this this voice would come into my head of like, oh my gosh, I just feel, I'm, this is making me sick. I'm just going to be so sick. And a lot of times I would get sick. Rather than saying, okay, 
I haven't drank any water today. I need to go drink a couple glasses of water. I need to pray. I need to close my eyes and think what God might have ahead for me. So in that sense, imagination comes from the Latin word, um, I think it's imatio, imatia, which means um, to see oneself. And so in our imagination, which our mind and our heart work together to create mental images. That's what our imagination is. That's the definition of imagination. When our mind and our heart work together to create mental images. Imagination can be amazingly good because God created it. But imagination can also be the devil's playground. So we have to be aware and we have to create good habits with our imagination. Um, so if in your story, you're telling yourself what I was telling myself, I'm always going to be sick. I'm just trapped. Um, my sinuses kept me inside for many summers. And I am that outdoors girl. I want to be out in the breeze and the sunshine. I felt so discouraged and probably at times depressed, except for nobody talked about depression at that point in my circle of friends. And it would have been too embarrassing to admit, like, I'm depressed. But I realized being, not being outside is hard for me. Being outside feeds my imagination. Being outside feeds my ability to imagine that God is near to me. So if you can start asking yourself, what am I imagining? When my kids are having a terrible day, when they're, if, <laughs> if they're screaming or tearing a toy away from each other, or if they're talking back to you, what are you imagining? Are you imagining like, well, who do my kids think I am? Where are they going to be five years from now? They're just troublemakers. What's going to happen to them? They're going to, if you're, if you let your imagination go there. We think those are just thoughts and possibilities, but really we're looking into the future and our minds and our heart are creating an image of the bad things that could happen. If we stop instead and say, okay, I already know what God has said to me. I know that God has a purpose for my children. I'm going to see beyond today. God, how would you have me pray? What would you have me imagine for my children? I imagine that my children are going to learn to be at peace with one another because you gave me the verse that all my children would be taught by you and great would be their peace. So, Lord, thank you. I see you helping us get the victory over chaos and helping us have more peace in our household. That's just one example, but... Um, a good way to think through it, I believe, as I was praying and putting this together, is to ask yourself and sit with the Lord and ask the Lord, what is the story of my life? What has God shown me about my children? Who am I? Who is my husband? Who are my children? What are our strong points? What are our struggle points? Why are we important in the scheme of our walk with the Lord, our walks with each other, and and the world at large. What do we have to give? What is God calling us to give? 
and then to ask, how do we do that, Lord? And to start imagining with the Lord, Lord, what could I do? You know, every time this person does that, I, th- I just feel like I'm just supposed to quietly in my own mind thank the Lord because you've given me this verse for them and say, Lord, thank you. My children are going to have peace. Even if I don't see it yet, they're going to have peace. Just really take that to heart. Write those things down in a journal. Maybe tape some of them inside of your, um, your little chest inside your bathroom. And then let that flow over into your speech. Um, as authors, this is a thing that I have finally caught a hold of that I think is so cool and I'm working on myself. Um, authors are taught that to have a really, a really uh, I don't know, sustaining book, that you have little catchphrases. You have your own voice and you begin to weave in and out. If you read my book, you'll, you'll begin to discover that one of the themes is um, that samurai is called to be brave and true because he will always be helped. That goes through the book and becomes a theme for both samurai and for Jewel. Well, your family has themes. Your story has themes. There's certain things God has put on your heart. Um, Even though I'm chatting up a storm right now, I really, really like a lot of quietness. I like a lot of aloneness. And from the time from the time that my first son was born, the Lord gave me those kind of verses. I know other people who love being loud. They love being active. They they just love to be out and about all the time. And God has a purpose in that. They can talk to people I can't talk to. But I'm quieter, and that's part of my story, and it's okay. So start keying in on what are those parts of your story, and then start imagining what would it look like to give more time to that? Oh, oh, what if I bought some candles? And even though I only have five minutes with the Lord in the morning, I can see myself sitting by candlelight, singing. I can see myself sitting by candlelight and blessing my family. Lord, bless and keep my family. Make your face to shine upon them. Find the things that the Lord is speaking to you and begin to imagine how you can put them to practice in your own life and then let the Lord show you how to imagine to speak those and to make situations that are beautiful to bring those into your family's life as well or to your friends and the people around you. Wow, so many gold nuggets in there. I mean... You're absolutely right. I mean, our imagination, our thoughts, they lead to words that we speak out and actions that we take. And if we're going back to the mm-hmm. example of the mom, sounds like me, who's having maybe a hard day with her kids and the kids are fighting, I can either imagine, like you said, looking down the road and saying to myself, oh, this will never change or she's she's going to be stubborn when she grows up. Or I could... Like you said, I could imagine them grown up and that they've they've learned they've learned a lot since then. And I can think of verses that God has given me and actions to take. And like you said, think about the story of my life and what is He bringing to mind at this moment? What has He equipped me for? What has what do I think He wants me to say to my kids at this moment? I just 
love everything that you said. That's, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Is there, um, any other words of wisdom or anything else, anything else that you want to tell our listeners before we go? I think I, I didn't think I did, but I do. I think to just say, um, be kind to yourself and, and don't judge, don't judge it. Like if you try to get started and you can't sit with the Lord for more than a minute or two, don't judge it. Just say, you know what? I sat for two minutes and waited for the Lord and I didn't hear anything, but he saw me. And I know that when the time is right, he is going to speak to me. So don't judge your attempts to do things. Um, don't, don't judge your mistakes. Learn to apply God's grace to yourself as well. Because uh, that's really important. Um, the more you give yourself grace, the more you'll get revelation and the more you'll begin to understand um, how to give that grace to the people around you. And when I say revelation, what I mean is like like insight. The more you'll get insights like, oh, I, I could... I can see that my grandson, you know, maybe has a problem with this, but I see him trying in other areas. He's such a loving soul in this area. So don't just, you know, judge the hard parts, but find grace and, and let yourself be motivated towards the good that you do have and that the people around you do have. Yeah, I agree with that too. You know, there was a point in my life where I realized that I never really sit in stillness. <laughs> so what mm. I did is I actually set the timer for five minutes, just five minutes. And I tried to be still and listen to God. And, you know, it was a start. It was just five minutes. Yes. But that five minutes, it's turned into, I don't know, hours sometimes. So, I mean... We have to start somewhere. And like you said, let's not judge ourselves. Let's give ourselves grace. And like you said, God sees that. God sees the effort. He sees that we're trying to chase after him, that we're trying to get to mm -hmm. know him more. So I agree with that also. So can you tell us where our listeners can find you and tell us how they can buy this wonderful book that you've been talking about? Yes, I'd love to. Um, so I do have a website. It's, um, if you just go to www.kimmelykduffield.com, that's my website. I have two Instagram accounts. If you want to follow kind of my bookish, that one is um, also Kimmelie underscore K on Instagram. Or, or you can go to Oh He Loves You, which is spelled O. O-H-E-L-O-V-E-S-Y-O-U. Um, you can also connect with me uh, right now. I'm having a little trouble with emails. So you can either email me at Kimberly at KimberlyKDuffield.com or you can email me at Kimberly.K.Friends at gmail.com. Oh, and the book. So the book will be released December 1st and maybe t after the, that's probably before this podcast comes out. So it's probably already on Amazon and um, there is an ebook and a paperback.
that are out in time if you want to get them for Christmas presents. Um, I would love if you would spread the word because I just am so excited about people um, getting this book and their children getting this book. Also, um, the hardback might be a little bit delayed. I'm not sure. So if you don't see the hardback up and you're wanting a hardback, just check again. Yay, I'm so excited. I just want to say again that I love your book. I'm so excited for my daughter to read your book. So I really encourage everyone who's listening, go and order a book for your nieces and nephews and kids. It's, it's such a great read. I, I think I read it in, I don't know, two days or something, and it's, it's not short. So it's, it's a really good book. So thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> it's been great to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Alexander. I love talking with you, and I love your heart. You're a very uh, precious person in my life. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen today. If you liked what you heard, will you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can reach more people? And if you want to connect with me, go to HerHolistichealing.com. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For you. It's easy and my bird is light.